In business, you rarely hear the expression for life. You make a purchase for a product, for a service, and, and there's, a, there's a time frame there. Well, that's not the case with Awaken 180 weight loss. Allow me to explain. You know, a year ago, I started with Awaken 180 weight loss and had incredible success losing weight. But you can lose all the weight in the world and not keep it off. And what good is it? That's why I have support for life from Awaken 180. Yeah. I mean, I go back for check-ins and make sure everything's going smoothly. But if I ever had a problem, the counselors are there to get me back on track. Why don't you do what I did and call for a consultation? 844-346-1800. 844-346-1800. Or go to awaken180weightloss.com. Hello, and welcome to Season 2 of Between the Lines. On this podcast, you will hear about and from lesser-known Canadian authors and writers who, for whatever reason, have remained under the radar of traditional publishers and publishing houses. You will also hear from editors, literary agents, and publishers in the hopes of giving us all a better understanding of how it all works together. If it has something to do with writing or the writing process, you are going to hear a discussion about it here. I'm your host, Randy Lacey. I'm encouraging you to grab your bevy of choice, get comfy, and get ready to go between the lines. People come into writing in several different ways. For some, it was a teacher at school handing out a writing assignment, while for others, it may have been by reading and wondering if they might be able to write. Every writer has started their writing journey on a different path. Each writer's journey will be different, yet similar. But one thing all writers have in common is a different destination. Hello and welcome to Between the Lines. Today, I will be speaking with Philip Mann, the author of Dark Muse, Volumes 1 and 2. He currently hails from Montreal. Hello, Philip, and welcome to Between the Lines. Hi, Randy. You currently call Montreal home. Could you tell us a little bit more about yourself and what you do in and about Montreal or what makes you fun in Montreal? I'm I'm post-retirement. As of now, I'm still married. As of now? My husband changed a lot, yes. (laughs) Now I'm uh, occupying myself. I do a carpool, you know, driving driving kids to daycare and stuff like that. And uh, read a lot and uh, do stuff. I write online, write for medium, write... uh, Basically, try very, very hard to stay out of trouble and not all successfully. Well, it is Montreal after all. Yeah, 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 it is. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of like Montreal. Old Montreal is nice. Uh, I prefer Quebec City a lot better. Have you been up there? Uh, here and there, yeah, not too often, not too often. Are you in NDG or where are you? Outremont, near near Park and Bernard, near what you call Outremont Mile End area, you know? Okay. okay. It's like uh, when I was able to, it's within walking distance of downtown. Oh, nice. Okay. Okay. Well, thanks for that brief uh, intro. Let's get right into question period here and and uh, move along. So well, we'll start with uh, what do you fear most as a writer? That my wife would read the book. Truth be told. <laughs> <laughs> it's got some pretty adult scenes in it. And, uh, well, anyway, but you know, you, you got to make lively, you know? Well, okay. Yeah. So what would you say the nature of your books are then? Are they erotica or are they 
Some parts are. Some parts are because uh, I shied away from from it at first. But then I thought, you know, it's um, it's cheating the audience a bit. Some people like it. Some people don't. You know, even how oh. one per- one person said she couldn't finish a book because there because there's too much rough sex in it. But others didn't mind at all. I mean, reading about it, not taking not necessarily taking part in it. You know. No, I hear that. Yeah, it's it's hit and miss with a lot of things, right? So yeah, yeah. you're either on or you're off. Yeah, because I've seen, I've seen some uh, and some people. You know, I'm not going to mention names. They're very, very careful of how they write. Everybody's nice and even tidy, but my characters are vivid. You know, okay. they don't like to have their faults and they have their uh, the good parts and the bad parts. And the trick is finding which is, which which dominates. You know, which is a pro- which. How do you how do you uh, refer to them as? You know. Okay, so but how did you get into writing that style then? Um, personal experience. <laughs> um, <laughs> Understanding that some people, uh, not everybody is what they seem. Not, you know, some people, like, you know, they can seem very nice and well mannered, but if you touch a certain nerve, they'll explode. You know, or I have that sometimes. It's because what makes people relatable, what characters are relatable when you draw them, is when they have these conflicts. You know, you're not sure how, which way somebody's going to go. Um, well, let's say somebody's trying to kick a, kick a habit. Will you stay away from the people? that play into him or we say no i can't do that i can't do that yeah or even any name any any habit you oh like smoking say okay say he's quitting smoking but then they there's certain things remind them of what it feels like this i've never smoked but they feel like well it's it's the cough i have with it it's the people i smoke with and then you turn that around with the people you don't want to associate with but they're fun and they're they could be dangerous you know mm-hmm. or yeah. this play um, emphasize your bad side so that's why that's why i like characters you know i find that in a lot of i don't read as much as i used to for obvious reasons but when i did read i found characters were too oftentimes cut and polished to fit a certain mold or or way of being and they although they might have done some bad things they were polished bad things and not real like what i know or what i've lived or what you've lived did you find that, or do you find that? I mean, reading. Yeah, reading. I, I tend to read a lot of nonfiction. The strange is because I wrote a paranormal. You know, it's <laughs> it's a weird thing. I, maybe because when I read a, a nonfiction, I know pretty much what I'm getting. Even then, I sometimes don't like it. But not if you're reading a fiction book, you're not sure how it's going to turn out. So it's sort of like, it's like it's like taking in a child. I'm not sure. Well, I don't like you. Well, you, you can't tell him to go away. You know, you, he's got to stay with you. But. Uh, so it's something that I didn't, and in, in the book, like there's a, there's a heroine and anti-heroine, okay? Okay. Anti-heroine looks like mad, bad, and dangerous to know. And one day she meets her with the street person, asks her for money, and she's lacing into him, calling him a bum and a lazy, you know, drifter. And then she, she changes her mind, gives him a wad of cash, and that plays through the first two books, okay? And now that she has a soft side for certain people. You know, so uh, I've... I see my reading. I have look. I'm religious, so one magazine I read here is a religious magazine. And one thing that bothers me is that none of the characters are really bad. None. Of, I read one article once where there's some conflict between husband and wife. I didn't know what the fight was about. It's been censored. It's been censored to- totally. And I was wondering, well, what what are we supposed to get out of this thing, anyways? You know, that she, you know, did what happens? She finds. His stash of porn or his stash of frillies or something, you know? Mm-hmm. 
know, what happens then? What you know? And you hear about this from time to time. You know, I've walked onto the tracks and you know, husband and wife having at it. It can get nasty, you know. Mm-hmm. Nasty. And sometimes you want to say, well, do these do people we write about really have these fights? Oh, I had one here. I can't read. I think it was adultery or something. About a few years ago, about the guy who was professor at the university. Okay, okay. he's written four books, well acclaimed books, and for some reason he feels the obligation to cheat on his wife. And for somebody who doesn't read his stuff at all, and it's just the weirdest thing, you know. I wanted to reach into the book and second second by his call, you idiot, you idiot, you know. <laughs> Know how hard it is to find his wife married him for his writing, loves his writing, but she's he still is determined to cheat on him. It ends up with him drinking himself to death or just downing a few bottles in some cheap hotel because she's dumped him and thrown out of the house. It's yeah, it's, that, that sort of thing. What I mean, where you, you want to take the he has doesn't have much in the way of a good side, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. He's a real anti hero, yeah. Is that where you tend to gravitate to? Is that type of Person or story character? It started one of the characters in a, uh, well, when somebody we, we know uh, posted something in in, uh, in our in the website that have you ever written from a broken place? And uh, of course, I'm I'm lucky. My childhood is pretty normal, but something didn't bother me. Con- conflicts like that, so I started writing things that about characters that aren't uh, you know in the good ones they they. Say that person not not understood in the marriage, so they think, well, this isn't working out for me. I see what else I can do, and there's a conflict in that area. See, mm-hmm. you know, doing things that shouldn't do associated. With, that's what I have the heroine and anti heroine playing off each other in this series. You know, yeah. They, Sometimes there's nothing quite as quite as good as a good fight. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Are you the type of writer who who only wants to hear positive critique? Of your work, or do you accept everything? I accept some things, not all. Sometimes, like my own style of writing, I I don't choreograph. Some people want to know how does person A get from this person get from spot A to spot B, and I think don't do that. You know, that's somebody told me that's what we have a director for. You know, <laughs> that's what they they'll say. Okay, you go here, but if you're reading it, you can just imagine them in the in. They're not rooted to the spot. They can move around. You know, they just, you know, somebody, want, like I have one part where I sent it for editing. It wasn't for editing. It wasn't one somebody to tell me how wonderful I am, you know? And as I described a wedding scene where the bride takes is, is takes aside one of her friends just to chat. And so this editor wants to say, well, what side, what, where do they go? What's the side table? I thought, it's a table to the side. What else do you want to know, you know? Leave it mm-hmm. there. Don't get in the way. Don't get in the way. That's how I write. What, Mana, what's going on? What, how are the characters relating, relating to each other? How are they speaking to each other? That's, that's the, all that's important. It's all that's important. My view. So if, uh, if somebody were to come and, uh, tell you something negative about what you've written and it's, you know, trash or garbage or whatever, like, would you take that personally or would you look at what they've said and really apply it to uh, how you're looking at it, or does it really matter to you? Or, I mean, like for me, I don't really care what people think because it's just an opinion. I want to know if it moves them or causes them to think or ask questions, right? So I, I, I find positive out of the negative comments. 
Can you do that? Well, some there's a certain political agenda out these days that everything, all say, sex has to be consensual. So I, a couple of years ago, when I said I posted something, an excerpt from the book, and so I got piled on saying it's not consensual, it's not, it's terrible, you shouldn't write that. So of course, the next book, I flooded it with stuff like that, you know. Of course you would. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I flooded it. The first one too, and the read this was, you know, can almost, but because you have to, not, because it's, it's controversial, it gets people's attention. But I found out also from the side, some people are into it. Some, mm-hmm. not just men, some women are into it. And there's all, that's the two sides to everything. And so oh. you, some people will be, but if they're passionate, they like, they're into it, they're passionate about it. They want to see how it turns out. What, what's this all about? What's mm-hmm. in this guy's other strange, strange mind? But you're right about uh, agendas and and uh, the the way what do they call them earlier big uh, big name or mainstream publishers want to push a certain way and they yeah. won't letters they won't let writers be writers and it's got to be you know it's got to be this way it's got to be that way and then it stops becoming your book. You can't really write something that isn't what you, that you don't believe in. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can. You know, even, and of course, this goes into appropriation. But you know, if you want to write about it, fine. People will tell you this does not make sense. You know, mm-hmm. but you, I find the more and more I was, I was going after agents before for the first book and for the second one. They want certain new voices, uh, the oppressed and marginalized, which is fine. But let them write their own story. Now, I can try it if I want, but it won't work out. You know, people might say my characters are uh, marginalized, but you know. I, Somebody here said that my, my habits are very niche, very specialized, which is true. It is probably getting in my way, but you know, I'm not going write to write it over. It's like trying to turn a, a cottage into a, into a 10 story building, you know? It doesn't but work. The, the fact of the matter is, is that these things exist in our society, in our world. These things really exist. And we might not agree with them. But why can't we put them in our writing? That might not be the way that you feel about what you're writing, but it is something that exists and we can't sugarcoat it. What exists? What, I mean, well, you know, just any any of these taboo or or, or okay, okay. risque things. Oh, that... um, like um, My Dark Vanessa? Yeah. Okay, I read it. Just to practice for my book. It's not, this second one has a similar topic. It's it's had reviews and had a lot of, uh, it does get a very creepy feeling at times, you know? Mm-hmm, but that exists in this world. And it exists, yeah. And the, and the heroine is very conflicted. She's she's sort of attracted and repulsed by him at the same time. Mm-hmm. She goes to him of her own free will when she's an adult. Which, and then she later on, she realizes her life is a ruin. And it's, that's what makes it a, an interesting book because how do these people feel about it? You know, that's what yeah. has to be. But you can't just write. Well, I, it's terrible. Even well, somebody on my on our site and the candlelight said had a very odd feeling about what is going on when she was a child. You know, very odd feeling. How many books out there that are considered classic literature that have been banned? Yeah, that's big these days. Well, it is big these days. But I mean, some of these books have been banned for for decades and 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 whatnot. So. Why is that? I mean, somebody had the passion to write about it. Why would anybody want to say, no, you can't do that? Because there's obviously people that are interested in it. Because they think we're children. Uh, 
And some people think, well, this is you shouldn't this shouldn't be publicized. It might not be publicized, but as you you that's curiosity. You know, when like I can't I don't know well Mein Kampf comes to mind, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to read it, read it, fine, you know, but I hear that's not well written anyways. And, uh, you know, but, the, you know, whoever well, wants to will read it. How many well, of these same people that want to ban books are watching TV shows like Criminal Minds that all they do is, you know, crimes against children or sex crimes or, or that? It's it's like a double standard. Yeah, well, I saw, I was binge-watching uh Breaking Bad a couple of months ago. There's one scene there where kids get shot. Mm-hmm. And I thought it's, it's hard to watch, it's hard to take, you know, because kid wasn't doing anything. But uh, it does happen, you know. It does, and like I said, if you don't want to read, it, don't read it, you know. Yeah, law, I, don't, don't tell I, me what to buy, what to read. I've been binge watching Law and Order, and there's been a lot of that throughout it. So, yeah. Uh, moving along, then, Philip, uh, do you think it is important for anyone? Who thinks they are a writer to get education for it? I didn't have any education for it, not since I left uh, left college a couple of lifetimes ago. But you should have some kind of practice, you know. Some some somebody give you like I hired a, an editor early on just to, to show her what I was doing, and also I wanted someone to talk to about it also. Okay, mm-hmm. but the, you need someone who tells you here's the, the three G's: what's great, what's good, and what's garbage. You know. Okay. You have something to tell you. This this is your strength. You should try to do more of it. This is where your weak spot is. Try to improve it, or don't do as much of it as you can, as you want to. I mean, you need something to hold you to a standard, which unfortunately isn't the case these days. I I did an interview not too long ago with an editor, and I'm gonna tell him about your three G's, because he kind of touched on that. But I like the way you put that. <laughs> Who started you on your writing journey? And if they were listening to this podcast, what would you like to say to them? I started, at one point, the funny thing was I, I went back to it. I realized I was paying attention to how I was writing emails and comments. I thought, let's try to be digger, write a few odd stories. And the first chapter of Dark Muse is one of those stories. It's been rewritten by the idea of what like, happened in Montreal, somebody walking up. Under, under the ice and Boxing Day and falling through and, and the mystery. But what got me really going on this was uh, somebody I know here in Montreal named David. Not David in the story. Okay. And he's, he's a learned, learned guy. He, he, you can talk to him about anything. He's taught all levels from elementary to high school to university. He's taught all levels. And I wrote two stories. One was a takeoff on a, a series in a magazine. That religious magazine basically talked about somebody who, who ripped off his, com- his, com- his family business, stole the, sto- the story out from under everybody, pocketed the money. He's the villain. So I wrote the, I did a rewrite of it, wrote it from his point of view and why he did it, just for the fun of it, you know? And there's another story called Form of Darkness, Form of Light. It's more of a book length. It's my practice novel for Dark Muse. Okay. And I showed them to this guy, this David. And I called, I followed him up a couple of weeks later and asked, what do you think? He said, it's good. Said, What's good? Both of them. They're both good. He said, the characters have legs. You know, they, they're complex, conflicted, and they can work with it. So then I realized, okay, I could take this further. And, uh, that book I, I showed to some, to a Montreal uh, publisher. I forgot his name already. 
And um, he looked at it twice and he said, we, we don't do uh, fiction. Okay. But I, basically, I took that book. I turned it into a paranormal. And I, I took, before I sank the ship, I took some of the uh, characters over to the new, uh, to the new vessel, you know, and uh, made them a bit deeper. And uh, anti-hero was still there, raising raising trouble of all kinds. But they, he got me going. He is one of the, basically one of the people who were more qualified, more experienced than me. Who told me you got something here. I mean, they all said they all contributed to my uh, advancing in this uh, this racket. <laughs> racket, yeah. So that was that Dave character, that uh, Dave gentleman who's taught at all levels. Okay. And yeah, what would you like to say to him? Name of the bonjour chef. He's from Paris, and the guy you can see the guy dresses like a like an absent professor. He still hasn't he hasn't changed his uh, winter down coat in years and years, but he's got something to say about everything. So mild manner. He's extremely educated, you know. Yeah, uh, a real character. Yeah, yeah. Now he's he, he's in, he's about seventy two. He's about seventy years old now. He's in a chocolate business. He makes oh, chocolate. nice. Yeah, Belgian chocolates. Writing pet peeves. Do you have any? And if so, what are they? I know. I learned to plow ahead. Learned to plow ahead. I learned that if you have what you call writer's block, just write anything. If you have to dump it, well, you, there's still something that you can salvage, okay? Mm-hmm. So something you can salvage. A few months ago, I was diagnosed that I had AD, ADD for my, my whole life. So sometimes when I'm about to start something, I, I keep on di- distracting myself. Because I know once I get into it, I won't stop. So I want to do something else. It's it's a very strange thing. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. I do. That's why I'm laughing. Absolutely. You know, I'm contrary. Look, here's a story I once told. Once when I was, when I was in, uh, in the university, the, the, the asked, one assignment was, I was going for be calm of all things. And I we had, to, I had an assignment to write a, read a book, I write a style on the managerial style, write an essay on the managerial style of the lead character. So you read Catch-22? Yeah. There's a guy that Milo minded by who was a black market, market. So I wrote on his managerial style. That he's a, he's a crook and a black. No, he, 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 so, he bought eggs for five cents a piece, sold them for two cents, and eventually still made money on it. You know, the whole page-long explanation on how he did that. So I thought, okay, I've got to do that. Of course, I got a fairly great in the essay, but I still have a story I can tell 40 years later, you know, 50 years later. So, you know, so that's that's naming a lot of ways, you know. Of touch, taste, sight, smell, and sound, which, well, which one do you incorporate into your stories the most? People tell me I'm visual. Again, visual. What's the, the first thing you see is the, is the um, what do you see? You see a person, how tall, are they tall, short, your size? Hair color, whatever's left of it, the, the the walk straight, you know, that's that's like as away from uh for a Passover last last week, and there's a guy there who's a manager, this the at catering service, and he had to walk and he walked through the dining hall. You could tell he was in charge because he had this gait, this way of looking around like a general. Okay, that's the first thing that so the sight is the first thing I I mentioned. Okay, so how would you do something like that for a some a blind person? You descri- describing him for you? Yeah, like okay, like I'm reading your book and you're giving all these visual clues that I might not be able to pick up on. So you've just you've just, and I'm not saying that you do this, but okay, I say that uh, 
his fellow would jester, people would come, to, would run to him. When he, when he, he, when he gave an order, was was heard the first, heard and understood the first time, and carried out. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was talking with somebody or interviewing somebody recently, and I I posed this question to them, and it, it floored them. They were like, "I've never even considered anybody who's got any of these, you know, no no hearing or no vision, and writing for them." Or writing to include them, and I just, you know, it's just I think it's important. See, I, I very, I, truth is, I don't usually go into physical descriptions of the characters. Okay. Because I, people have their own idea of what the person looks like. You know, when it gets too detailed, I don't, I don't bother. You know. Yeah. You know, I describe this color, height, hair color, and that's it. You know, they're attractive. Fine, people can figure out what I mean by that. You know. Well, everybody's attractive in their own ways to different people anyway. So exactly. It's like when I greeted you, I said, you don't sound like what I expected you to. And you said, I don't sound as tall as you thought. <laughs> yeah, so it works. It works. It's it works. But we understood it. Yeah, more than that, but much, yeah. Uh, what's going on around you when you're writing? Is there like, uh, is there music playing or uh, do you have a dog or a cat nearby or do you have a Newton's Cradle? Cradling, and if you don't know what a Newton's cradle is, it's those, you know, six balls of clackers. Yeah, radio sound, like the like a squadron of Air Force planes moving into the, the final uh, five minutes. I'm getting inside the character's head, getting inside the scene. I want to know what they're thinking. Total radio silence. Everything blacked out. Everything else blacked out. And what happens when you get interrupted? Do you it's lose not, it all, or it's not pleasant? It's not pleasant for who you or them. Years of therapy. <laughs> Years of therapy. Uh-oh. Here's the bonus question for you. If I showed up in a time machine and said, hey, Philip, where would you like to visit? What time would you go to? I mean, uh, anywhere, anytime? No, just anytime. What time period would you go to? Because there's no guarantee where you're going to end up, but just what time period would you like to go to? Ooh. Hmm. And why? That's why it's a mystery I, question. Oh, okay, this is for for a joke. Nineteen forties Ontario, because Wade Hemsworth's uh, song about uh, Ontario, little black flies going up north into Ontario, were doing doing battle with black flies as he tried to survey it down. Okay, so it's like it's part of Ontario. Okay, that's that's a that's a valid valid. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Um, what advice would you give someone who's just starting their writing journey? Observe carefully. Observe okay. carefully. Read things. Read things. See what's going on around you also. There's also some story out there. People ask, where do you get your story? You get the stories come from the news. Like, I got mine. Yeah. No, look, li- listen to people carefully. Like, all, people have all sorts of stories about their lives, what they've done before. Um, listen to them. Play it up. Play all sorts of stories to that, you know? So you think it's important to be in tune with what's going on around you? Yes, yes, very much. Yeah, I would have to agree with that. Because if you're out of touch, well, you know, there's there's valid points to that too. We're going to get into what I call shameless plugging. And this is where you get to talk about some of the things that you've done and are doing. And so uh, with that said, so what works do you currently have in publication? I've, I've plug your first your two books at the beginning you can talk about them a little bit more and where they can be found 
the first one is uh, on Amazon has uh, oh dark news picture mm-hmm. of lightning bolt through it. The second one is being rewritten because I had to well stuff that was was a collection of stuff wasn't really didn't have a focus to it and a bite to it either. And I like bites and um, <laughs> which is not listening. And uh, <laughs> so I have, but I had to put together some spare change so we can pour a cover and an editor because I've. Uh, I'm, I'm sort of all plugged out of querying letters and everything, you know. Mm-hmm. I hope I probably told somebody. I hope somebody rejects me before I die, you know. So at least I know <laughs> where I stand with them. Um. So do you self-publish then, or looks like it? Yeah, looks like, looks it. So like it. You do have to get a professional editing and a professional cover if you're doing that. They mm-hmm. can do with a makeup job or something. You get up a template somewhere. It looks like every other cover has it. And so what genre it is without being too obvious, like if you look at some books that are, you know, with real mark, real publishing agencies, they, the covers are original, you know, they don't, except for romance, even then sometimes, they, you know, they, uh, it's, it's hard to make a direct connection with a genre, but it's, it catches the attention, but you have to pay for that sort of cover. Yeah, well, that's what you really need, though, is that cover to pop to draw the attention in, right? Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> of your two books, do you prefer one over the other, or or do you like them both the same, and or if there's a difference? That's what's... not fair. That's not a fair question. Yes, it is. <laughs> I like I like them both. The, I have something. The first one is a broke ground. A lot of ways, a broke ground. You, Jewish tradition to make a real story, and if somebody knows it well, but sometimes the real religious knows the material, won't have anything to do with my book because of the adult content. But mm-hmm. it has a lot of it in there. You know the uh, role of the, giving the part, the role of angels, the role of uh, you know rich commands that last through generations. You know the deep duty. You know life, life. You know life from death matters. And I like the second one. When I, as one main point that didn't change, which is um, in relation that that person I mentioned before, by the street person, and somebody reviewed it and said it should win an award. What I did with them, okay? Okay. I think about it, that's that's um, no, I can't say too much about. It. I won't say too much about. It, but it's a it's a it's a body blow. It's a body blow, okay? Okay. And so uh, that's that's something I, I'm proud of what I, how I handled it. And that was in your first book? Second book. Second, second book. book. The one so that you're rewriting. First into the second. First into the second. Okay. Do you presently have anything that you're working on outside of your second book that you're rewriting? And if so, how close to completion is it? I have to rewrite the third book. The third book, too. Because I did something there that could kill the series. Okay. The major reveal that could kill the series. And so I realized, and, and also my editor told me there's not enough suspense in it. But the fourth book has some major suspense, okay? It's a life and death battle between the heroine and her cousin. Okay. So I was thinking combining them. I have to figure out how do I combine them. I thought, well, I probably will rewrite the whole stupid thing anyways, you know? <laughs> Being what I am. Yeah. So how many of these do you have planned then? Just that four or how how far does the series go in your mind? Oh, gosh, three, four, four anyways. It should have been going till I'm senile. I'm going to be senile right now for a while. Well, we're probably all on our way there at least. Yeah, yeah. 
especially in this current thing we call society that's going on. So where can people connect with you? Things like emails or websites or snail mail, blog, uh, meta or formerly Facebook or whatever. I'm on uh, Facebook. I'm on Facebook under philipman-montreal. Okay. And that's on two ends. Yeah, two ends. I'm on LinkedIn. Okay. And um, I'm on Medium also. We're in Medium now. Okay. And what about Instagram, Twitter, or TikTok? So TikTok would work if I was 40 years younger and I was a girl, okay? But if you see the snowstorm I have for a face, it ain't going to happen, you know? <laughs> now, why else does anybody watch this stuff, you know? I, I can't even figure TikTok out. That's my age is showing there. Yeah. You're, you're in a couple of writing groups on Facebook? Yeah, yeah. And so you said, now, but, uh, no, I, I take part, ask weird questions. Like I asked one a couple of years last, last summer, I asked, do you lick or do you bite? I had ice cream in mind, but I didn't tell everybody that, you know? Well, yeah. And so, and where their mind goes, you're not responsible for, by the way. Well, in a way I am, but you know, no, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. You put out a question that could have been read any way at all. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Cool. I like to do things like that too, just to, to mess with people. But they know me too well, so it just anyway. That's another story for another interview. Uh, is there any anything you'd like to say to anybody listening? Uh, it doesn't have to be about writing; it could be about writing or life in general, or you know, come visit me in Montreal at this place. Or no, I got to bet anybody, any of my readers are not come to see me. No, gosh, you know, <laughs> scared. <laughs> stalkers out there, you know, and like Stephen King and the, what's his, what's her name anyways, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, from, uh, um, misery, misery. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I could only wish I, I would have a, a stalker or two, but I used to joke about that. That one thing I wanted to about being a, an author was having, making money and having groovies, but somebody's like, no, no, you, you don't want that. You don't want that. I have no comment for that. <laughs> <laughs> and you're not even married. No, I'm well married twice, divorced twice. Okay, okay, so you're close enough. Close enough, been there, done that, and I'm that not sure if I want to do it again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, Philip, this is uh, this has been fun. I always like doing these in, in, interviews. One because I get to to meet people that I've talked to for so long, you know, clickety clacking on the on the computer, but never actually putting a, a voice to a face or a face to a voice. Yeah. Uh, so this is always fun for me, and I love meeting people. And uh, you're no exception to that. Uh, I mean, we've been talking nice. for, for years now. Yeah, it looks like it. Yeah. yeah, for years. I mean, I've had my group for two years, and I was in the other one for, well, you know, God knows how long. But uh, I, I the, the people that have signed up to want to be a part of this uh, has blown me away. I mean, I've got at least 60 people sitting in the wings that want to be part of this show. And wow. and finally, you reached out and said, hey, I'm going to fill out that application. So. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for agreeing to doing this and taking time out of your day to be with me. And, uh, well, you know what, Philip? Have yourself a good rest of the afternoon and uh, wonderful. You have been listening to Between the Lines. In future episodes, I will not only be speaking with Canadian authors and writers, I will also be speaking with those from the other side of the writing industry, editors, agents, and publishers, in the hopes of getting a better understanding of how it all works together. If you liked what you heard, hit the subscribe button to be notified of new episodes and content. 
Send all your comments, suggestions, or any questions you'd like to have a guest answer to me at randy.dplpodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to visit me at www.therandylacy.ca. While there, look for the Buy Me a Coffee button to help support the podcast. Thank you for your time and your ears. Tune in, be inspired, and write on. In business, you rarely hear the expression, for life. You make a purchase for a product, for a service, and, and there's, a, there's a time frame there. Well, that's not the case with Awaken 180 Weight Loss. Allow me to explain. You know, a year ago, I started with Awaken 180 Weight Loss and had incredible success losing weight. But you can lose all the weight in the world and not keep it off. And what good is it? That's why I have support for life from Awaken 180. Yeah. I mean, I go back for check-ins and make sure everything's going smoothly. But if I ever had a problem, the counselors are there to get me back on track. Why don't you do what I did and call for a consultation? 844-346-1800. 844-346-1800. Or go to awaken180weightloss.com.